How's it going, everybody? Dieter Kurtenbach joined by Mark Medina, Bay Area News Group here in Portland, Oregon. Moda Center, the, I don't know where the hell we are in the Moda Center right now. It is allowed. They got Carrie Underwood coming tomorrow. So as soon as the Blazer season ended, metaphors started happening left and right. They started tearing up the court immediately. Uh, yeah, they, they almost didn't even get us our post-game beers. Uh, as much as we love coming to Portland, it, it's chaos up in these Blazer streets. The season is over for the Portland Trail Blazers. The season continues for the Golden State Warriors. Warriors win game four, 119-117 in a preposterous basketball game. It goes to overtime. Warriors get the job done, and they are now heading back to the NBA Finals. Mark, talk me through what we just saw. Talk me through this game four victory for the Golden State Warriors. Well, I think it was a continuation of what we've seen throughout this entire series where Without Kevin Durant, they face a double-digit deficit. There's a new wrinkle tonight where there's no Andre Iguodala because he had some tightness in his left calf. He's 35. The Warriors are always cautious with him. But the Warriors can get by because they have these two guys named Steph Curry and Draymond Green. That's a very unique tandem. One scores a lot of points and is one of the best shooters of all time. One can do a lot of things as far as being a playmaker and one of the best defenders of all time, and they know how to collectively bring it when things get tough. And then the whole strength of numbers, Alfonso McKinney, Kevon Looney, all these different role players, Jordan Bell, all doing all these little things to make a big difference. And I think it's fitting that this game propelled the Warriors to a fifth consecutive NBA Finals because they're the only the second team to ever do this in NBA history. The Boston Celtics did it for like seven straight years, I yes. think in 59 to 66. And it's a very easy answer to say, hey, the Warriors are at this place because they have a bunch of all-star talent, good coaching, good front office. All those things are valid. But I think there's also kind of this unique DNA where all the ingredients mix well together and they're, they have so much experience that they can almost get through anything. I don't want to put too much credence into the bench. I don't want to put too much credence into this series in general. The Warriors messed around and still swept. Uh, they fell behind by significant double-digit margins in the last three games of this series and were able to pull it out of their butts because they are so much better without Kevin Durant, again, without Andre Iguodala for Game 4, without DeMarcus Cousins. But because they had Draymond Green and Steph Curry, as you alluded to, Klay Thompson was kind of a no-show for this series in many regards, other than the defensive side. Offensively, no-show. But the bench coming through, that's great. I, I wrote about this this morning. The Warriors still need Kevin Durant back. And I think that even though they did sweep, we will forget the context of this sweep very, very quickly. And the context of the sweep was the Warriors messed around against a far inferior team that was super banged up. And the real challenge that they had was in the Western Conference semifinals against the Houston Rockets. Dame Lillard didn't have it. Whether it was injury, whether it was too many minutes in the regular season, he was not there when the Blazers needed him most. He expended all of his energy, I venture to say, in that series against the Denver Nuggets the round before. C.J. McCollum, I don't think he's built <laughs> for this kind of a moment. He might be built for second round, but I don't think he's built for this kind of a moment. You go down the roster with the, with the Blazers. Like, Myers Leonard scored 30 points in this game. Good for Myers Leonard. He should retire after this game. Like, it's never getting any better for Myers Leonard. He had 24 points in the first half. And it did feel at several points in this game that it just wasn't the Warriors' night. Uh, they weren't playing defense in the first half. Uh, they, the 
Blazers just came at them again in the second half, and they opened up an 11-point lead early in the fourth quarter after the Warriors had dwindled it down and even taken a lead in the third and got it all the way back. And you just go, man, credit to the Blazers. That's a team playing with pride. They want to get one for the home crowd. We're going back to Oracle. Warriors take care of business in five. The gentlemen sweep, as so many predicted. But again, Draymond Green has that little extra something. And Steve Kerr pulled out all the stops for this one. Stephen Curry played the entire second half. Not metaphorically, literally. All 12 minutes in the third, all 12 minutes in the fourth, and then he played five minutes in overtime. He was completely gassed. Draymond Green did not play the full second half, but obviously Draymond Green, big moment, left everything out there. I don't know what happens to the Warriors if this goes five because they almost expended as much energy and got to the point where the Portland Trailblazers were at when it came to exhaustion. The final 10 minutes or so of that game were rough, rough to watch. But the Warriors know how to dig down, get that extra little bit of something, and they now move on to the NBA Finals. Do not put too much stock in this, though, because, again, this is an inferior team that they were playing, as much heart and pride and as aesthetically pleasing as they are to watch. This was not a real challenge. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors are real challenges. The Warriors need Kevin Durant for that. The high pick and roll stuff will not work on a consistent basis without having Kevin Durant there to get some buckets when it doesn't work. That's the quality of opponent they're about to go up against. I think the same could be said for the Houston Rockets. So don't, don't think too much, oh, well, the Warriors are 5-0, 6-0 without Kevin Durant this postseason. They're now 31-1 when Steph plays and Kevin doesn't. A spackling of regular season wins, that's nothing. Regular season, the Warriors are proving time and time again, doesn't mean anything. A couple of wins against the Portland Trailblazers where the Warriors are going 13 deep. They went 13 deep in this series. Doesn't mean anything. Jacob Evans getting first quarter minutes in this game. Now the real challenge comes. I don't know if the Warriors are going to win the NBA Finals or not. We don't even know who they're going to play yet. But they get nine days to rest. They're going to need every single one of those days when it comes to getting healthy. And then on top of that, they're going to play a, a really good team. Whichever team comes out of the Eastern Conference, yes, they'll be more banged up than the Warriors, presumably given the fact that that series is 2-1. But that's, that's going to be a hell of an opponent, and you want to be full strength for that, and full strength includes having one of the best players in NBA history on your squad instead of playing Jordan Evans the third in the first quarter of this game, a closeout game. Without a doubt, and I mean, Kevin was getting a little upset today where he was... Uh, he was very much online today. Yeah, he was tweeting at uh, Fox Sports Chris Boussard, and I know Chris a little bit, and I know he talks to people, but this whole idea that if there are players that are saying, hey, the way that the Warriors have been playing now, this really shows that Kevin's titles deserve an asterisk. I mean, you can, I think, make the argument that maybe one of those championships don't exist because Kevin's now on the floor. I mean, right. just think about the fact that they had to go seven games against Houston. And the beginning of that series, it was Kevin really carrying the water because Steph and Clay were not shooting the ball well. And then you look at this series or this playoff run. Yeah, okay, they went 5-0 and without Kevin. But to your point, they didn't need Kevin for Portland, but they need him for tougher opponents. If Kevin gets hurt in the Clippers series, there's, I don't think there's any way they could have beat Houston. It would have just been too much. And I think to bring it back to this game four, I don't want to say that all of a sudden Portland could have 
been in a position to become the first team in NBA history mm -hmm. to overcome a 3-0 deficit, but I think you were starting to see to see some of the cracks continue to get exposed. You know, losing Andre Iguodala, and now, hey, they're leaning on Steph Curry and Draymond Green, but Klay Thompson's kind of in chuck mode. Maybe at some point if the series got on, Steph and Draymond would have worn down, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it would be really nice to have Katie back. It wouldn't even be so much that the Blazers would have won the series. They yeah. just would have dragged it out, and that's yeah. what I was getting at when I was saying. If they didn't win this game, I mean, they left it all out there. Steve Kerr played Stephen Curry. I mean, it's not as if there's rest days here. They're getting on a plane. They're going back to Oakland. They're playing in, in 48 hours. So it was one of those situations where you go, they better win. I mean, I understand that the Blazers are expending just as much energy and that they didn't have very much to begin with when it started. But, man, they went all in on game four, and it paid off, but just barely, which, again, another sign. It, it, we're not in that situation if Kevin Durant is on the court. But that's enough about Kevin. He wasn't even here. It seems ridiculous to be talking about him so much. I want to talk about five. I want to talk about the historic relevance of five straight trips to the NBA Finals. I think that it's easy for people to just go, well, of course, because everyone predicted the Warriors were going to go back to the NBA Finals this year. Why wouldn't you pick them to go back to the NBA Finals this year and represent the Western Conference? But let's take three, four, five, ten steps back. Let's think about this Golden State Warriors franchise. They've done something that I would argue is as impressive as any feat in North American professional sports ever. Uh, you mentioned the Boston Celtics earlier. They're the only other team who has done this. Uh, perhaps other teams could have, but they didn't. That Celtics team was going up against seven other teams. They didn't have a salary cap or anything like that. They got to keep all of their players. The Warriors are doing this in an era built for parity, and they are laughing in the face of what this era was built for. Now, let's also acknowledge the amount of luck and positive circumstance that has come into this. Festus Azili accepts his option. Uh, the, this Chris Paul and LeBron James don't think that, uh, or decide that they want to smooth over the salary cap with the NBA PA. All of these, there's so many individual things. Steph Curry doesn't twist his ankle and get a four-year, four-year, four forty-four million dollar contract. Draymond Green doesn't take just a little bit less money. Steve Kerr goes to the Knicks. I mean, you can a hundred data points, thousands, millions of data points that you can go to and say. It could have gone wrong from here. Could it? We're not where we're at if this one thing happens. But this team still got, got over some humps. Like nothing was given. To steal a line from Zaza Pachulia, nothing easy. You think about where this team was in November. Was it November, October, the fateful night at Staples Center? November 12th. It's etched in Mark Medina's memory. <laughs> so that was a turning point in this season. You think about the injuries that this team has undergone and how they were able to rise to the occasion without Kevin Durant, that they didn't completely collapse in. And the bench, so maligned, and I think fairly maligned for months, comes through in big moments. doesn't matter if you're playing the Portland Trail Blazers or not. They had to come through. Alfonso McKinney had to come through tonight, and he did. What the Warriors have been able to do over the last five years, they have turned the laughingstock organization in the NBA. That was not too long ago. An organization whose greatest moment was a first-round win. I know they won a championship in the 70s. That wasn't their greatest moment. You know why? Because no one knew if they were going to stay in Oakland or the Bay Area after that year. It was, the NBA was a wild west back then. Greatest moment, most resonant moment, was the We Believe team that won one playoff series. And other than that, this team couldn't get 
anything to go right for it. They couldn't make a right decision. They couldn't get a lucky break. This team looked cursed for decades. And I just feel so positively towards all the Warriors fans who stuck through that. Because there's no reason to stick through that kind of nonsense. But the reward has been worth it. Five straight years, NBA Finals. Arguably the greatest dynasty of all time. I saw Bob Myers after the game. Bob's a hard guy to miss, to be fair. But I saw him after the game. Bob grew up in the East Bay. He grew up a Warriors fan. Yeah, he spent time down in L.A. when he was an adult working as an agent and all that. But he's, he's a Bay Area guy. He used to go and, and sit in the upper deck at Oracle Arena used to watch a really crappy Warriors team play basketball. He got excited, you know, when the We Believe team happened. That was the, that was the high point. And he likes to bring that up on occasion. And I asked him, five. I mean, in your wildest dreams. And it was the deepest cackle that you can get. <laughs> because, it, no. It, no. Was it like that, that cackle just now? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, it was it was deeper. It was it was heartfelt. You know what I mean? Like it was it was it was a true emotional bubbling over, uh, because no, in, in, under no circumstances could anyone have predicted this. So yes, you look at this team, you look at the roster that they have, you say, of course they're going back to the NBA Finals. You can't take this kind of greatness for granted, especially when you look at the paths and so many things could have gone wrong. One ankle turns here. The bench doesn't show up in this series. Damian Lillard doesn't, you know, separate. I got, there's so many data points that went over again and again and again. I don't know if they win the finals. I don't know if they ever get back to the NBA finals in years to come. They could go six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, they could. Probably not, but they could. They could go four and five. Or this could be the, the last great high point for this team. Acknowledge what has happened thus far, acknowledge the ridiculousness of it all, and just bask in the, in the greatness for a minute because this is, we're so numb to greatness sometimes. Just take a moment. You got nine days, take a moment here. You got a little bit of time to just soak it all in. This is, this is outrageous. No one in a million years could have predicted it. You couldn't even pull this crap off in a video game. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's what's going through my head after this game. Yeah, and I think there's two distinguishable things beyond the obvious talent that every championship needs, but what they've had that past championship teams haven't been able to do. I think part of it is a two-pronged thing where they've maximized their fortune being healthy, but it's also helped that these core players, they're all in their prime. It's not like you're having vets in their mid-30s. You know, the core group, Andre Iguodala is one of them, but uh, as far as... Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. Kevin, I think, out of that group. Or Kevin and, and Steph are just above 30, and yeah. Clay and Draymond are just below 28. Usually, most championship teams have their core in yeah. kind of the, the lower to mid-30 range. So health is usually more of a challenge. And then the second thing is, I don't want to say it's all peaches and cream with the Warriors, nope. but compared to other teams, they have not been infected with the disease as me. Yeah, uh, the disease of me. Yeah. Disease of me, yeah. And where guys are, you know, getting all up in arms about what their what their numbers are, what their contracts are, role players having you know, a diluted sense of yeah. what they're worth. And here, you don't have anything of that. And I think really what sets the tone with that is 
Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, and Steph Curry, like who they are as people. They're very collaborative. They're very great at what they do. Yeah. But they set the tone that it's all about the team. And they're, they have no problem spreading the joy and being self-accountable. And I think because of that, everyone else has that same attitude for the most part of punching in, punching out, and also not having kind of this zero-sum complex mm -hmm. of, you know, what it means to be winning and getting numbers. And it's trickled down, and that's something that I don't think you can easily duplicate at all. Like, no. regardless of what era it's in, like the thing – that the Celtics have benefited from, to your point, it's, it was just a much different league. Like, there weren't as many teams. Uh, I talked with Don Nelson, the, long, the former longtime Warriors coach. He was on that Celtics team, and he was kind of saying in jest, it was illegal to leave the Celtics. Like, you literally couldn't leave the team. I don't think it was, you know, they had laws, but like... It was close. I mean, you didn't have yeah. player movement. You yeah, didn't have this player empowerment. Right, exactly. Um, and so, with that player movement, that just creates so much... You know, I think it's for the better because, you know, players have more of a control, but it, it creates a lot of disruption. I think it also exposes more who the good and the bad franchises are because yes. there's a lot of moves that they have to make on the short term uh, and things can change on the dime. And the Warriors, they've been able to stay ahead of that. I know they've, they've benefited from the fact that they had the salary cap spike coincided with Kevin Durant, but I think what has to be stated is, Kevin had questions going into free agency of, hey, how is this going to work? Like, you guys have already won a title without me. You got Steph Curry. But it's because of that culture and that attitude that made Kevin hardly yeah. want to come here in the first place. So as much as it's, oh, yeah, they have a lot of talent, like it's how they've used that talent, not allowed it to, you know, create egos and conflict among each other. As much as we talk about Kevin Durant, and, and again, it, it, it has pushed – this team to a new level, even if they didn't need them for this series. The Durant thing will come to a head in July. As much as we say that the disease of me doesn't exist on this team, it is not without strife. Yeah. There is internal struggles. I mean, Steve Kerr and Draymond Green could have had a falling out about 10,000 times <laughs> between now and then. Yes, you have Steph and Clay, who are the most amenable people of all time, but if Clay had the disease of me, this team would be screwed. If Steph decided that, no, I'm not having Kevin Durant on this team, this team would probably be screwed. Andrew Bogut was saying after the game, this team did not rest on his laurels. They lose the 2016 NBA Finals. They could have just said, Steph was injured. That's fine. We won 73 regular season games. Run it back, baby. And instead they go, we have a chance to get Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant will make us less predictable on offense. It will take our team to the next level. It's going to take a lot of work to fill out the rest of the roster, but if we can do it, we have to do it. And that meant getting rid of a team that won 73 games the year before. That means renouncing Harrison Barnes, someone that they really loved his development. But they thought, Shit, hell, like <laughs> Kevin Durant or Harrison Barnes. They had to renounce Andrew Bogut who it wasn't that hard to do considering the injuries and, and the fact that he wasn't playing in big games in the NBA Finals. But, like, still, Andrew Bogut was a, a core member of this team. He was a coach on the court and on the, on the bench. Like, you don't want to get rid of Andrew Bogut. They, got, they, got, they renounced a lot of dudes in order to get Kevin Durant in here, and it worked out. They, they, they've had to put together rosters with not a lot of money, not a lot of – Leeway. You think about all the DeMarcus, you know, DeMarcus, what did DeMarcus really contribute to this team this year, if we're being totally honest? Yes, there were some nice regular season games. They didn't have them for the playoffs. They had them for one game in the playoffs. And that one game was enough to everyone being like, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Uh, 
They didn't have him. That was their entire mid-level exception, a very valuable thing for this team. But they find Alfonso McKinney out of God knows where. They find you know, Quinn Cook showed up in this series. Like There's so many points where you can just go player development, positivity. Kirk coached his ass off in this series, and he deserves some credit for it. But, man, you just think about where this team was, what they are now, and all of the places it could have, go, could have gone wrong, it's baffling. And they feel really, really good going into the NBA Finals, as well they should. That's a rarity, too. You think about, you, think about, you know, what could have been. You don't have KD, so now everyone has to get stressed and pushed to the next level. You get nine days to rest before the NBA Finals. This is a team that ultimately, yes, a lot of luck has gone their way, but when the moment has come, they took care of business. And I think this is maybe the bigger point. Champions are born at a certain juncture. I was talking to Draymond Green about this after the game. Draymond's like, we're winners. We know what it takes. When the moment comes up, we know what it takes to get the job done. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Is that something you learn, or is that something that you're born with? And he said it's a little bit of both, and I think that's absolutely the case. A little bit of both. Yes, they have honed those skills, but you have to have that little extra something that is very hard. I don't think that the Blazers have it. Uh, I, I certainly know that the Houston Rockets don't have it. Interested to see if the, the Raptors and the Bucks have it. I think the Bucks might have it. I don't know. But Draymond Green was a guy who was drafted in the second round. Clay Thompson, he was a lottery pick. I don't think anyone thought Clay Thompson was going to be one of the great players of all time. Stephen Curry, they drafted Johnny Flynn over him. I know that that was a, a big deal for you as a Syracuse grad. Okay, yeah, they get Kevin Durant. They still had to recruit Kevin Durant. Kevon Looney, end of the first round. A lot of player development, a lot of foresight, a lot of luck, and also just winners, knowing how to spot a winner. And then when the winners show up, letting them handle their business. This is, it's going to take 10 years, I think, because we never like to acknowledge good things in the moment. It's going to take 10 years for us to realize what we got going on here. This is not happening again in NBA history. Mark my words, not happening again in NBA history. And maybe the Warriors keep it going, but man, five should not happen and will not happen again. So savor this. Savor this. Uh, I think Warriors fans deserve it. I think this team deserves it, given how they have risen to the occasion in big moments, as I was saying. And, and um, you got nine days to really soak it all in. Yeah, and another thing about this dynasty here is that they haven't always figured it out. There's things that have come up that are bad, but they have the infrastructure to yes. be able to absorb it. And partly it goes back to the talent. But let's take DeMarcus, for example. Was he worth the $5.3 million? Eh, you can make a debate, but as far as his production goes, they never made him kind of to be set up to be the fall guy. Like, it was always about them trying to make him comfortable. And then I think number two, there was still a value, I think, in their mind of more of the concept of DeMarcus, that he was the yeah. symbol of, hey, things will be good when, the, when he comes back. This will keep us engaged in the regular season. And even if it was just a stretch of a week or two, mm -hmm maybe that makes a difference when it comes to seating and just health and how things are. And then the bench, like there were a lot of hits and misses this past year with the bench and sure. they tried to do the youth movement 
uh, figured, hey, Zaza Pachulia, JaVel McGee, David West, we love you, but kind of run its course. We got to develop some younger players. You know, they've, they've found some potential, but you don't quite know what you have. The thing is, they, Steve Kerr, I think, did his best to try to limit as much as possible, exposing them into areas where they felt like they were set up to fail. Now, some guys like Jordan Bell, like he had no choice, like he just wasn't playing well, but he never completely lost faith in guys. And that's where this playoff series comes. Like you had some good matchups, good moments from young guys. Some other rotations didn't work out so well, but the end game was all about stealing and buying minutes to keep the core guys fresh. And right now they've been able to do that. And when you look at it here, you have almost a perfect best case scenario where you have your core guys resting, DeMarcus and Kevin Durant might be coming back. They're getting evaluated Thursday. Since they don't, won't be playing until May 30th, maybe there are scenarios where they can get some scrimmaging. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt it's with the actual All-Stars because they want to rest them, but maybe. No, yeah, with, with the amount of rust, they've done it before. Yeah. And also, if nothing else, you can get Willie Green and Nick Kerr to, to give you a run. <laughs> um, but say this. I think this bench, even if you have to take it for what it is, it's against Portland, they have confidence. And I think that is still at least good enough to give Steve Kerr some comfort of, hey, you can buy me a minute or two just to give these guys a blow. So they, they couldn't have scripted this in a weird, ugly way any more better. It's, it, is, it is absurd. It's an astoundingly accurate point. This team has to feel fantastic heading into the NBA Finals, but those NBA Finals are a long ways away. We have no problem with that. Mark Medina and I, we have no problem with a nice nine-day nine layoff. Uh, we might struggle for stories, but we no, will. No, we never struggle. We're good. <laughs> that's a little bit too far behind the curtain. Apologies. But nine days off, that's plenty of time to watch the Eastern Conference Finals. It's been a great series. We enjoyed last night's game. Who knows, that one might go seven. We might not know where we're heading for game one on May 30th until Monday. And then we have to be there by Wednesday. But uh, it, it is it's a great time to be a Warriors fan, for sure. I can guarantee that. I know that a lot of people are celebrating. It is not, do not ho-hum this. Enjoy it to the max, because you never know if this is going to be the last time you get an NBA Finals berth. You can't take these for granted, even though they've been coming one after the other, after the other, after the other. Uh, nine days, so we got to dig deep. We got to go in, We got to go 13 deep on our bench in terms of stories and, and coming up with concepts and um, breaking down both Giannis and Kawhi, figuring out what's going on with Kevin and DeMarcus and Andre as well. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming out of this game. By the time you hear this podcast, my column's going to be up. Mark's 14 different news stories are going to be up, including a deep dive into one of the great tandems we've ever seen in the history of basketball. It's not the Splash Brothers. This is Steph and Dre, the one-two that changed the NBA. It's going to have that up. I'm very much looking forward to reading it. We're going to have Matt Schneidman on the unsung hero of Game 4, my man from Chicago. Alfonso McKinney, who was fantastic after the game. Love me some Zoe press conferences. You're going to be hitting that paywall. And listen, Clay did not have a good series, which means look the hell out in the NBA Finals. Clay is coming. He's going to jump in the Pacific Ocean a couple of times between now and game one. The Clay deal is 11 cents a day for the next 11 months. You're going to want to get it. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, you're going to enjoy our written stuff too. The clay deal, 11 cents a day for the next 11 months. You're going to be avoiding that paywall like Steph Curry avoids Portland Trailblazers defense. Please, if you enjoyed the podcast, let us know. Subscribe, review, beep yourself into our podcast. Uh, what a wonderful time to be alive. You can't hear us. doesn't matter. Follow Mark Medina on Twitter, Mark G underscore Medina. You can follow me on Twitter, at DKurtenbach. we got to get the hell out of here. They're coming for us. We will talk to you at some point in Oakland. Adios.